welcome once again to Theater of the Moon and Mind. Immortal in New Tech City, Part 2. Doggy looked up at the reports from the B-Squad Rangers. Each of the rangers had been relentlessly following up on the beheading and ranger vigilante cases, and they had unfortunately had the time since four of them were told to take it easier after Ichthyor had beaten them like he had. Despite the marvels of medicine these days, it still took time to heal the damage that they had taken, and this at least allowed them to feel like they weren't being useless. The Red Ranger records had finally been opened. Unfortunately, the records hadn't told them anything about how Red Rangers with powers from 30 or 40 years ago were walking around the street today. Unfortunately, the Vigilante case had taken a back burner to the Beheading case, though. There had been two more decapitations in the week since then. In a surprising turn of events, though, Ichthyor had been able to provide them with a clue for the Vigilante case when he was being transported. The criminal had commented on how he was surprised that a planet like the Earth needed two Red Rangers. It wasn't much, but it was all they had at the moment. They were now going to question his former rival and see what the being could tell them about the Vigilante Ranger. Was this really one of Eltar's chosen Rangers of Earth, though? Or was he merely someone trying to use their immunity to gallivant around Earth? Doggy was broken out of his musings as Ichthyor was led into the room. Ichthyor, a pleasure to see you again, Doggy told his former rival. Now then, what can you tell me about this other Red Ranger? There's not a whole lot to tell, Kruger. He stopped me from destroying a couple of businesses. He even told me that he and those like him did not want me to bring attention to them. I offered to duel him and promised to only take his badge, but he pointed out to me that he didn't even wear a badge. I asked him why he didn't wear a badge, and he told me that he was a solo act for the most part. I thought that at the very least, I would have some fun with him. Imagine my surprise when he gave me such a workout, and then threw me out of the place. Ichthyor shivered for a moment. I won't lie to you, doggy. I actually thought he was going to try and kill me for a moment. Where were these places? We didn't get any energy signature reports, Kruger said in surprise. New Tech City was one of the most well-watched cities because SPD was based here, yet here was Ichthyor indicating that they had either had blind spots or someone was well-shielded. Perhaps if you work with us, they might consider letting up on your sentence a bit, Doggy tried, inwardly hoping the villain would decline the offer. No thank you, Doggy. I think I rather like the idea that you don't know what it is that is going on. Doggy growled and bunched his hands into fists before he waved the guards in to take him away. He had a call to make, it seemed, as he left the interrogation room and headed for his office. Later that day, Kruger walked out of his office to find B-Squad standing at the ready. Sir, Jack said as they all saluted. Kruger nodded at the rangers. Is there any new information on the two cases, sir? Jack asked hopefully. No, cadets, nothing new. The B-Squad all felt their faces fall at this. However, due to the fact that the vigilante was sighted again, I sent a request for someone to assist in tracking down this ranger before they do something bad. And what was their response, sir? Why don't you see for yourself? A figure from behind them said. They all turned to see an older man leaning on a staff walking toward them. 
He had gray hair with a few streaks of white in it and wore a red and black checkered button-up shirt over a white undershirt with green pants. Rangers, may I introduce to you the foremost expert on all things to do with Power Rangers history. May I introduce to you Dr. Thomas Oliver. He has a doctorate in both history and paleontology. Whoa, the Dr. Oliver? Z asked as she looked the man over in shock. The leader of the Morphing Zeo Turbo Teams and the co-creator mentor in the Black Ranger to the Dino Thunder Ranger team? That Dr. Oliver? That would be me, the man said, nodding at them. Dr. Oliver, may I introduce you to the B-Squad SPD Rangers? This is Jack Landor's The Red Ranger. My Blue Ranger, Skylar Tate. Z Delgado is my Yellow Ranger. Sydney Drew, my Pink Ranger. And Bridge Carson, my Green Ranger. It's a pleasure to meet you all, Dr. Oliver said, smiling proudly at the group of rangers that stood before him. My contact said that you need my help to see what's going on. What appears to be the problem, Commander Kruger? He asked, getting straight down to business, raising himself a few more notches in Jack and Sky's books. I'm afraid we have a rogue ranger on our hands, Dr. Oliver. And what's more, it appears to be one of yours. What do you mean, one of mine? The old man asked in surprise. If you'll follow me, we'll show you just what we mean. The man nodded and followed after Kruger, who led him into an office and showed him the video of Broodwing and the Red Morphin Ranger. This was the first sighting of the Red Morphin Ranger, or the Vigilante Rangers we've been calling him. The second sighting has yet to be confirmed, but we brought you in to see what you could tell us about this ranger, his powers, and maybe even how this person was able to get their hands on one of your people's ranger powers. That's classified. What most likely happened, though, is that this was a ranger acting in the protection of one of ours, which means he was barely justified at the time. However, by not informing you, he has made his actions suspicious. And how do you figure that he was justified, Dr. Oliver? Simple. The fact is that this is the same being that tried to control the first three Dino Thunder Rangers. Most likely, the ranger thought to take Broodwing out of the picture for that. You're also right that we need to bring this particular ranger down, though. With the way he was fighting, he nearly killed Broodwing. As much as I don't like the idea of someone like Broodwing, we don't just kill them. I'll help you with what I can. Very well, Dr. Oliver. I'm glad to know that you're so willing to assist us. Let's get to work, then. We have a lot of work to do. I also need to know if you have had any power overloads throughout the city. Those are linked to another case. Actually, they're probably linked to the same case. I can't tell you more till I see all the information. So is there a reason that you and console researcher Cranston have opposite reactions to this? I don't know. Personally, I think he knows something, but I can't be 100% sure of it at the moment. He's never let me know for sure one way or the other, though. Understood. Cadets Tate and Landors here will show you to your room and help you with the information that you need. Thank you, Commander. Come on, guys, we have a lot of work to do. Sir, yes, sir, the two said as they saluted at Kruger before they followed after Dr. Oliver. Z, I want you to go over all the old Morphin Ranger case files and documentaries. I want to know everything that there is to know about this rogue ranger. Bridge, I want you to assist Boom in researching old ranger technology. If we do have to take him down, I want to know what it is that we're up against. Sid, I want you to check up on where all the former rangers are now, 
and what they're doing. Perhaps we can finally get this case out of the way. I'd rather get it done before Grum tries to recruit this rogue ranger. The three saluted the commander and headed off to deal with their assignments. Jack and Skye looked around the VIP rooms that Dr. Oliver would be using during his stay. Dr. Oliver had an old Alpha unit following beside him now. The small robot had been hidden around a corner waiting for him and was Dr. Oliver's chief research assistant. So where do you want to start, sir? Let's start with what you do know of the Red Morphin Rangers. Jason Lee Scott and Rocky DeSantos held both Morphin and Zeo Rangers. Jason Lee Scott and Rocky DeSantos held both Morphin and Zeo powers. After his back injury, Rocky disappeared from Ranger history, although he did make a bit of a stir in the business world. Jason Lee Scott, on the other hand, hasn't officially been seen since the Forever Red mission, and his status is unknown despite the fact that officially he died at the age of 19, Sky rattled off for the veteran ranger. That's right, Rocky is currently in New Tech City and has been for some time, though he's not likely to be your mystery ranger since he has to use cybernetics just to walk these days. As for Jason, well, no one really knows what to expect when it comes to him other than the fact that he still has his original powers. A lot of Zordon's rangers are like that, though. I have both of my old power coins in secret places, while most of the others have one type of morpher or other somewhere secret just waiting to be used. So you have enough power to destroy just about any ranger then, right? Jack asked curiously. Well, I would have to go and retrieve the morphers from their hiding places since I don't keep them on me very often anymore. The temptation might be more than I could actually stand sometimes, Dr. Oliver joked with the two rangers. He shook his head sadly as he looked at these two young men. They reminded him of himself and Jason when they were young. The red ranger had an edginess in him that reminded him of him, while the stern and serious expression on the blue ranger reminded him of Jason when he had first become the red ranger. Dr. Oliver waited until the two rangers left before he began going over the various files he had. Jason hadn't been in California in the past few years, around 5 to 10 if he had to guess. With the emergence of SPD, Jason had been less noticeable in the lives of the Power Ranger, and had for the most part faded away. But an attack on a younger version of his former students, and Jason had been willing to come out of wherever he'd been hiding and do something. Why would he take a chance like this, though? It was something that he would have to look into. Tommy ran a hand through his thinning hair and wondered how he was going to corner the elusive former ranger this time. He often got lucky when he did manage to corner him, but back then he had been younger and better able to keep up with the unaging former ranger. He did have a type of tracker for Jason, though he really didn't like using it. He sighed. Things were so much easier when all that he needed to do was be pointed at the monster of the day and go at it. Now he had to think up other things. There were a number of things that he needed, but he wanted to keep Jason's lifestyle secret. It was a ranger thing, he was sure of it, and that means it was their responsibility to deal with it. Tommy read the files that he wasn't theoretically supposed to be looking at, but since he did have a bit of blanket approval from SPD, he was able to look through a number of files that he wouldn't have been able to look at otherwise. Kruger and the rangers were all busy at the moment anyways, so he had to distract himself somehow, he reasoned. The information he was reading through was disturbing. 
According to this, there had been several deaths by beheadings. It appeared that another gathering of these headhunters was coming around. They happened every 10 to 20 years at different places around the world. There had actually been two of them in the 90s. One had been in New York, New York, while the other had been in Seacouver, Washington. He didn't know what it was that set these headhunting people after each other from time to time. He just knew that for some reason they seemed to come out of the woodwork all at once in certain places and have their fights to the deaths for some reason. He wasn't positive, but he was pretty sure that Jason hadn't been around for either of these big gatherings. The files he read were showing the same type of M.O. as Jason's style of headhunter. Freak electrical storms or power overloads along with a body and bladed weapon sometimes found nearby. Tommy grunted as new memories began to fill his head. Someone was messing with time. He got up and walked toward the command room to warn Kruger and saw that a giant wormhole was being watched by a number of the head scientists and Cat was currently talking into a microphone. Dr. Oliver, good you're here, the feline female said. Take a seat, I'm sure the commander won't mind if you use this seat. Thank you, Dr. Oliver, said as he sat in Kruger's seat. What appears to be the problem? Cat hesitated for a moment before she began to fill him in on what was going on. Grum entered a wormhole a few hours ago that led to a point in the past, and the B-Squad went in two waves after him. When did he go? Dr. Oliver asked somehow. He felt like he already knew the answer, though. He is currently fighting against the entire Dino Thunder team and the B-Squad Rangers. I'm hoping that you might be able to help out in telling us what is going on back then, since we can't get any video feed. You should already be feeling the changes in your memories. Yeah, I do remember, but I think my memories are only rewriting themselves as fast as the events are happening. I may or may not be able to save you any time on this, Dr. Oliver pointed out the SPD's technical advisor. Just do your best, Cat said, as she placed a headband over Dr. Oliver's head. This will allow us to watch your new yet old memories as they come into focus, allowing us to see things from your perspective of the fight and offer some advice if we can. Tommy nodded in understanding and sat quietly as he watched and remembered the Dino Thunder Team and SPD Team defeat the combined forces of Zeltrax and Grum. He then watched quietly as he hid behind a pillar at Reefside High while his students were brainwashed. He was about to leap out and attack the giant blue dog that erased the memories, what had just happened of not only his kids, but of the B-Squad as well. But then Kruger then turned the device on himself, wiping his memories of what had just happened over the last few hours, leaving one ranger from each team with memories of what had happened. Since he couldn't see the Omega Ranger anymore, he would have to make sure that Haley showed those files to his old ranger sometime. A few minutes later, the SPD rangers returned and nodded to Dr. Oliver, who was watching them with interest. Commander, how soon can your rangers be ready for a mission briefing? The former ranger asked as he placed his hands in a steeple position as he considered what it was that he had learned. These rangers were good kids and might treat Jason right if they caught him. Whenever you're ready, Dr. Oliver. Good. The sooner we get this done, the better off we'll be, Dr. Oliver said as he slowly stood up. 
Give me a couple hours to make my final decision on this, Dr. Oliver said as he picked his staff back up. Very well. Do you require an escort? No, I can still walk through these streets without any problems, Dr. Oliver assured the ranger's leader, an amused grin playing on the edge of his face. If you say so, doctor, the commander said as he watched the man leave. Once the man was out of sight, he turned to his rangers. Jack, Z, sir? Follow after him, you two. I don't want Dr. Oliver to get into any kind of trouble that he can't get out of. This is an Angel Grove or Reefside like he might remember them. Yes, sir, the two said, saluting and quickly heading for their rooms to change clothes. Sir? Yes, Guy? Why did you pick them to trail after Dr. Oliver? Simple, Sky. Those two have the best chance of staying back while Dr. Oliver thinks, but also be able to help keep him out of trouble. Don't forget that most of our street contacts, like Piggy, come from Jack and Z. They're a good resource for SPT to have. Yes, sir, Sky said before he turned and followed the others. He needed a shower anyways. He felt like he had just morphed, even if the commander said they hadn't done anything too interesting while chasing Grum through wormholes. Tommy sighed as he leaned his arms against the railing on a bridge, lost in thought. This park had seen a number of monster attacks in its days, and yet it was still standing, a testament to the durability of the planet, he supposed with a wry grin. Since then, buildings had come and gone, but the park was still here, even after all this time. He looked up as a figure leaned their back against the railing beside him. Jason, he greeted coolly. Tommy, it's been a while. Yeah. How's the head? What are you talking about? The old man asked as he looked at a teen that looked like he might just be entering his first semester college or just getting ready to graduate high school. The new memories. I happen to like to know when someone plays with time, so I keep a way to detect time anomalies. It only took a few minutes for us to realize when time had been screwed with, but I guess Time Force thought the Rangers did okay with what happened, though, since they didn't decide to help you out. Though that might have been interesting to see on the news. Jason added with a smile. Think of the chaos if a news crew had managed to actually get a shot of them. Tommy grimaced at the thought of this. You were there? Jason ignored the question. What are you doing out here, Tommy? I don't think you can quiet play QB out here anymore. I was kind of hoping to see you, Tommy admitted to his old friend. You should leave town, Jason. I have to tell SPD something about you, and they won't hold back like Wes and Eric. They will put you away. Wish I could, Tommy. Doesn't matter what the current ranger team does anyways, there's a good chance that I may be dead in a few days. If that happens, the ranger tech I have access to will be sent to Altar and Fados for safekeeping. You sound pretty sure of yourself. I've been preparing for this possibility for a while. The Lady of the Lake helped me set things up in case I were to die. You're going to have to tell me how you managed to get your hands on Excalibur one of these days, the old man said, patting Jason on the shoulder. Anyway, I can convince you to turn in your morpher? Not happening, Tommy. So be it, Dr. Thomas Oliver said. I guess the chase resumes then after I get back. I guess so. Want to get a smoothie before we part company? If you change it to a tea, I think I can do it. All right, I know a place that serves some fairly decent tea brews not too far from here. 
He's been operating in this place about eight years. Tommy nodded and followed after him. The two found themselves at a Chinese restaurant and sat down to a pot of tea and spent an hour talking about their teen years. The two sighed sadly as they finished the dregs of their second pot. It's been wild, man. I guess the next time I'll see you will be when you're either in a containment cart or behind bars. Yeah, it's been wild, bro. See you next time, Jason said as he gave Tommy a brotherly hug and then walked down the road for a while before he slipped into an alley. He then jumped two fences and slipped through the two different streets before he turned to look into the shadows. Jack? Jay? Jack greeted as he slipped out of the shadows. How did you know it was me? Everyone knows what happened in New Tech City's own Robin Hood, Jason said. And as for how I knew you were there, you've gotten soft, living at SPD Command, and I've been living on these streets off and on for over ten years. Do you really think you're going to be able to sneak up on me? Jack had the decency to look embarrassed as he scuffed the ground. How did you know Dr. Oliver? Why, you his bodyguard? Until he returns to base, Z and I are. Jack said, crossing his arms and looking at the man in front of him. So, you going to tell me? It's personal, kiddo. Jack nodded. I trust you for now, but I better not regret it later. Jack said as he took a step back and disappeared into the street traffic. Jason smiled sadly. Later, kiddo. He then turned the other way into the street. Dr. Oliver rubbed his eyes as he re-entered SPD command. It was time to deal with this little bit of his past, no matter how much he disliked it. The doctor walked into the command center of the base and nodded as he saw that Kruger and four of his rangers were standing there at the ready. I'm as ready as I think I'm ever going to be, Commander, he told the giant dog-like alien. Kruger nodded and led the group of rangers and the former ranger to the briefing table. This is where most of our mission briefings happen, Doctor. Fine, Tommy said as he looked at the group in front of him as the red ranger and a double of the yellow ranger showed up. The yellow ranger already at the table disappeared in a flash of light, and now there were only five ranger cadets, a glowing ball of light, Commander Kruger, Cat, and a technician. All right, here is what you're up against, rangers, the man said as he tapped out a few buttons and an image of the red Morphin ranger popped up in the holographic circle. This is Jason Lee Scott, the vigilante ranger, as you've been calling him. The red Tyrannosaurus ranger, former holder of the green dragon powers, former holder of the golden Zeo staff of Trifonia. He is a master of the sword, staff, and gun, and a powerful hand-to-hand fighter, so don't try and take him out one-on-one. Back in my prime, I was one of the few that could stand up to him one-on-one. Um, no offense, Dr. Oliver, but if you guys served as rangers together, then shouldn't you be, well, sort of the same age? And if that is the fact, I really doubt that he'll really be that much of a problem for our team, Sky said, confident in the B-Squad. Against a normal opponent, you might stand a chance with those odds, Tommy said. No offense, sir, but this guy is using ranger powers that are some 30 years out of date, though, and hardly in his prime anymore, Sid said. Right, Dr. Oliver said dryly. He's also the guy that nearly took out Broodwing on his own, something that usually takes you as a group to do, correct? Are you sure you want to worry about something like that without the right information, or do you want to take him a bit more seriously? 
Excuse me, sir, but can I get a better view of his face? Jack asked with interest, while Sky and Sid got quiet at the rebuke. Dr. Oliver rotated the image, and Jack's eyes widened. That's Jay. Jay? As in the Jay? Z asked with new interest as she looked at the close-up image. Yes, he is occasionally known as that, Dr. Oliver said as he looked with surprise at the current Red Ranger. I grew up on the streets, Jack explained, and I was taught martial arts by this guy. Or maybe it's his kid. No, you were trained by Jason, Tommy said to the SPD Red Ranger. I thought I recognized some of your fighting styles earlier, but I wasn't positive. How's that even possible, though? Sky interrupted them. This guy should be your age, yet he only looks a little bit older than us. Because physically, he is only a few years older than you. About 19, if I remember correctly. The only thing is that Jason has a few extra abilities. Like what? Bridge asked with interest. He has the ability to heal himself almost instantly, Dr. Oliver informed them. A minor injury like a cut or something that takes him about 10 to 20 seconds to heal, while other more serious injuries take even longer to heal. But at tops, he's fine a few hours afterward. This healing ability also seems to have somehow affected his aging process somehow. You know, Commander, if we could convince this guy to join up with us, we could have a lot more strength, Z said, and it wouldn't be the first time you cut deal with a criminal. You make a good argument, Cadet Delgado. If we can bring him in quietly, I want to do it. Is there anything else you want to add to Mr. Scott's abilities, Dr. Oliver? Yes, don't expect Jason to go down easily. He's not like a lot of the other beings you've fought. What's so different about him? Sid asked as she studied the figure. He's a headhunter, Tommy explained to the group. At least as near as we can tell. His objectives have always been to take out the heads of certain beings or people. I'm not sure what the reasons for the takings of the heads of certain humans. They seem to come from all walks of life, but usually the monsters that he decapitates are ones that Jason has a personal grudge against or something similar. His kill number is somewhere in the upper hundreds. Other than that, we can't tell you a whole lot. He is usually seen with one of these three, though. Richie Ryan, who started decapitating people around the same time. Then there's Duncan McLeod and another man that I have yet to get a full name on, though I believe they call him Adam. He's also been seen in the company of this woman. An image of a beautiful dark-haired woman appeared before them. She lives mainly in Europe, goes by the name Amanda. Dr. Oliver looked at the group. Any questions? When do we take him down? Sky asked. Soon as we find him. I see. Kruger then turned to look across the table at Jack. Cadet Landors, can you lead us to the Vigilante Ranger? Yeah, I think so, sir, Jack said glumly as he watched the image before him. Very well. Rangers, prepare yourselves. This is going to be an extremely dangerous mission if Ranger Scott decides not to surrender himself and his morpher. Move out, cadets. The rangers all saluted, then headed for the door. Jack, can I talk to you for a minute? Dr. Oliver asked as he followed after the troubled Red Ranger. Of course, sir, Jack said as he stopped to talk to the famous former ranger. Thanks, Dr. Oliver said as he looked at Jack. Look, Jack, I understand what it is that you're going through with this mission. Jason, I mean Jay, is your friend. 
but I think you need to understand that we have to stop him. He's got a number of dead people on his hands, and sooner or later he's going to do something that he really shouldn't. You have to stop him now. Jack sighed as he leaned against the wall and listened to what was being said. I'll do what I can, but this is going to be a hard job to do, sir. None of my other missions have ever really had me going against people that I know. Most of the guys we fight are all major criminals who don't care who gets hurt. When I was a criminal, all I did was a lot of sleight of hand and stuff, but it was always to help people of the streets. I know that, and I actually respect you for it, but you're a Red Ranger now, and Red Rangers are the ones that have to do the hard work sometimes, Tommy said, patting Jack on the shoulder. I just hope things don't get too bad out there. Makes me really wish that I'd had the strength to go after him and stop him, but I was blinded by what he used to be before I really tried to stop him. And you really think that I can do what you couldn't bring yourself to do? Jack asked dubiously. I know that you'll make the rangers proud, Dr. Oliver said before he sent the Red Rangers on his way. Be careful out there, the former ranger said, not sure if he was talking to the B-Squad rangers or to Jason. The rangers pulled up into the parking lot of a run-down dojo that looked like it had seen better times. Jack grinned weakly as he ran his hands along the outside of the building, lost in memory of when he had been in and out of this dojo all the time as a boy. Here he had learned a lot about right and wrong. This place and its teachings on not only fighting, but also philosophy were probably the reason that he had even been caught and become a ranger. The five rangers walked in and saw a group of street kids getting their lessons from a broad-shouldered young man. Let's get him now while he's not expecting anything, Sky said, eagerly taking a step forward. No, Jack said, shaking his head and grabbing Sky. You try and do anything right now and all these kids will swarm us, and I think you need to remember that this is where I learned to fight. Jack nodded to a picture on the wall of a much younger version of himself. I was the first street kid to come here. Now look at this place. It's got over a dozen street kids ready to fight. You really want to get into something like that? Sky shook his head after he saw the glares that both Jack and Z were sending him. Jason turned and saw the group of rangers as they entered the building and quickly wrapped up the lesson before he sent the kids on their way. They all waited until after the last of the kids walked out. A few of them had called out in recognition to Jack, who grinned tightly at his former friends before turning back to Jason. When the last one had left, Sydney locked the door behind her. Jack, second time in a single day after months without so much as a word, I guess hanging with Tommy has given you a lot to think about. Yeah, and the first thing I got to do is place you under arrest, Jack said as he flashed his badge at his former teacher. So you going to come quietly, or are we going to have to be rough and taking you in? The kids here need me. Besides, with what's going on, I don't think I would be alive a year if I was placed in one of those cards of yours. Then it's the hard way, Sky said and leaped at Jason. Jason walked back slowly as he blocked punches and kicks before he planted a kick into Sky's gut and sent him flying into a punching bag. Sky, are you all right? Z asked as she knelt down beside the Blue Ranger. Yeah, fine, Sky gasped. Just got the wind knocked out of me, is all. With just one hit? Z asked in disbelief. 
My turn, Sid said as she grabbed her metal piece and absorbed its properties into her hand before she began swinging her fist at Jason, who ducked a number of shots. Jason rolled to the side as her fist just missed him and cracked the wall. Hey, be careful there, Jason said. This place may not look like it, but it's expensive to keep up. Sid ignored him and swung again. Jason sidestepped the blow and trapped her arm and then flipped her over to the ground. Jason turned to look at the others who were coming to help their teammates up. Z made her move next as one of her doubles helped her friends. Three other versions of her rushed at Jason. Jason blocked a pair of twin kicks coming at him from either side, but he was hit with a punch to the chest that sent him stumbling back. Jason took a few steps back and rubbed his chest where he had been hit, but kept watching Z and her clones. The three charged, and this time Jason performed a spin kick which sent one clone back. He dropped to the ground and swept the legs out from underneath another, but received a knee to the side of his head as number three hit him. Jason rubbed the side of his face where a bruise was forming. The rangers watched as small lightning bolts danced around his face, and then disappeared as his face returned to normal. The rangers were surprised as they watched his body heal. It was enough for Jason to deliver an uppercut to the third version of Z knocking her out. The clone disappeared in a flash of light. Z, that's enough, Jack ordered, turning to regard Jason. Jay, man, come on, you might as well give up. Sky and Sid are back up on their feet, and Bridge and I haven't even started yet. And what happens when Z here sends 20 of her clones at you? You always said that we shouldn't fight the law unless we had to, and try to be peaceful first. Jack, in case you missed it, your ranger team was the one that attacked me because I said I couldn't go in with you, Jason pointed out to Jack. Now, I may not be able to beat you, but you will know that you've been in a fight. Which is it going to be? Sorry, Jay, I really didn't want it to turn out this way, Jack said as he scuffed his foot against the ground. I know, kiddo, let's just do it. All right, guys, let's ranger up. Right. The light flashes died, and five rangers stood against another red ranger. First things first, kids, you get out of my place, Jason said as he drew a sword from out of a red flash of light and wiped his hand down the blade, and then sent a red beam flying at the group who were caught in the blast and sent flying through the window. The rangers rolled back to their feet as Jason climbed through the now-shattered window. All right, wasn't expecting that, Z said as she helped Bridge up. Hey Jack, just how powerful is he anyways? Bridge asked, wishing he had tried to get a reading off him earlier. He's just as powerful as we are, Bridge. The only difference is the type of weapons he uses, Jack explained to the Green Ranger. How's that possible, though? Who knows, maybe he knows how to fix the powers up as time goes by or something, SPD Red told his teammate. Let's see how good you really are, the Blue Ranger said as he rushed forward. He went for his Delta Max striker in sword mode. Sky, wait, Jack tried. Damn it, he growled as he watched the Blue Ranger ignore him. The Red Morphin Ranger drew his blade blaster and blocked the attack, and then grabbed Sky's wrist and flipped the two of them backwards. Jason's foot connected with Sky's stomach as they rolled back, and Jason released his hold and kicked forward, sending the Blue Ranger flying through an electrical fence. 
Sid, you're the one with all that fencing training. Let's see if you can't stop him, Jack said, hopefully. Right. The Pink Ranger nodded and grabbed her own Delta Max striker and rushing toward the Red Ranger. Hiya, she cried as she leapt at him. The Morphin Ranger ducked beneath the blade and grabbed her by the belt and slammed her into a wall. Shaking her head, the Pink Ranger got back up and tried to slice at him again. The Red Ranger kept dancing out of the way at just the last moment till he kicked the weapon out of her hands. Jason then leapt into the air and slammed both of his feet into her chest, sending her flying. Bridge Z, your turn. Right, the two said as they drew their weapons, switching them to blaster mode. They jumped into the air and began blasting at the Morphin Ranger. Jason was sent flying from the blast, and it looked like they might be finally getting the upper hand in the fight when Jason came back up with his blade blaster in one hand and his power sword in the other. He shot point-blank into Bridge's chest, sending him flying, and did a tornado kick that tossed Z painfully into a tree. The Red Morphin Ranger turned to face the Red Space Patrol Delta Ranger. The two rangers looked at each other, taking in the differences in their uniforms as they sized each other up. All right, looks like it's my turn now, SPD Red said, as he placed his hands over the butts of his Delta Blasters. Morphin Red nodded as he vanished his power sword and sheathed his blade blaster. He then placed his hand over the weapon. The two Red Rangers were going to have a shootout to decide the end of this, since the SPD Ranger knew that close up, he wasn't very likely to win against the Morphin Ranger who had taught him most of his fighting skills. Just out of curiosity, why didn't you ever teach me how to use a sword if you're so good with them? How many street kids are actually going to have a chance to get their hands on a sword? You and Z are a rare occurrence for these streets, Jack, you know that, Jason chided at his former student. The SPD Ranger nodded and went for his blasters at the same time that the older Ranger did. Jason's shots knocked one of the Delta Blasters out of the younger Ranger's hand, but Jack's other blaster managed to hit Jason in his hand, knocking his Blade Blaster away and into the air. Jack kicked his dropped Delta Blaster into the air and caught it and combined the two guns. Now are you going to come in peacefully or are we going to have to take this up another level? The Red Morphin Ranger looked at the weapon that his counterpart had leveled at him before reluctantly nodding. Power down, he said, a red flash of light later, and he had returned to his regular clothes. All right, hand over the morpher now, Jack said. Jason chuckled. You're not authorized to have my morpher on you at any time, Jack, Jason said as he walked towards the SPD Ranger. So do you need to cuff me or am I supposed to walk there like this? He asked, waving his hands in front of him. Jack nodded and brought out a pair of cuffs and placed them on Jason's arms. Placed them against the wall before he turned to look at the others. Bridge, Z, and Sid all appeared to be alright, but Sky had been thrown pretty hard and looked like he really wanted to get his revenge on the other ranger for tossing him around like that. Come on guys, we need to get this guy put in a cell, Jack said. The others nodded and loaded up and returned to the base.